worldwide in every language and culture, successful people work harder than the average person. The first million is the hardest, mm. and then the second million is inevitable. If you are successful, you perceive yourself as a helper. You call this show that we're on doing right now unstoppable. Yes. Many years ago, I was going out with a very nice woman. She said, what would you consider to be your best quality? My best quality is that I am unstoppable. Wow. Hello and welcome to Unstoppable. I'm your host, Kerwin Ray. And today we go old school. I have the absolute honor and great pleasure of interviewing the Godfather, the Michelin star chef of the personal development industry, Brian Tracy. Now, the reason I call Brian the number one Michelin star chef of the personal development industry is I've never met anyone who has a recipe for everything. He has a recipe for success. He has a recipe for sales. He has a recipe for marketing, for branding, for communication, for everything. He even has, as you'll soon find out, a recipe for the world's best Caesar salad. And he even shares what is his methodology and recipe, which he calls the golden triangle, which is the foolproof way to solve any problem and create more success in your life. This man is tough. 10 years as a Shotokan karate competitor. He has beaten throat cancer, four hip replacements, and the guy just keeps on going. I'm telling you right now, this man knows how to fight, and there is still a lot of fight left in this dog, let me tell you right now. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor and a pleasure to welcome Brian Tracy. Listen up. This episode is brought to you by Nail It and Scale It, the world's leading fast growth program for businesses. If you have ever wanted to grow your business faster than what you can right now, if you need to make more revenue, if you need more leads, if you need more clients, if you need to know how to plan your business in a strategic way in order to hit big goals, if you need to learn how to scale your business and grow your team and your business so that you have more freedom, then this program is for you. Imagine three days immersed with me where we cover all aspects of business, but we do it from an immersive but also an execution standpoint. We execute every step of the way and we're looking at five key areas we're looking at your psychology we're looking at your marketing your sales your leadership and we're looking at your planning and how we integrate these five key areas to grow your business and your brand quickly so if you'd like to find out more information kerwinray.com so i gotta say brian uh it is an absolute honor and a pleasure to welcome you to unstoppable and when i thought about your introduction um i, I really thought about you and your history and from the conversation we've had, I, I almost consider you like the, the, the number one Michelin star chef of the personal development industry. And I say that very deliberately. And the reason I say that is you've got a recipe for everything. You know, you've got a recipe for, for wealth. You've got a recipe for sales. You've got a recipe for marketing. You've got a recipe for communication. You've got a recipe for public speaking. And as I've just discovered, you've even got a recipe for a Caesar salad uh, as well on your website, which is really quite incredible. Like you really have been one of the forefathers of the personal development industry. You know, I refer to you as, uh, as the godfather. I hope you don't mind. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, you've done incredible things. But I guess my opening question to you really would be, how did you actually get into the personal development industry in the first place? Well, I, um, when, I was, when I was growing up in a kind of unhappy family, um, I became a reader. And I learned later that people who see reading as the key to the future are very different from people who don't. So I've read everything. Whenever I came across any subject that I thought was interesting, I would just consume it. And I would invest hundreds. I've calculated that I've invested about 150,000 hours in reading wow. over the course of my career. Uh, you say I have a recipe for a Caesar salad. Well, I probably put a hundred hours of study and practice and taste testing and so on 
to get that recipe. It wasn't like it just whipped together. Uh, there, there is really nothing uh, easy. So anyway, I came up poor. We never had any money. I started paying my own bills by mowing lawns and doing uh, yard work around the neighborhood um, from the age of 10. I bought my own clothes and my own school supplies and everything, and we didn't get along, so I left. I worked uh, in the woods uh, with a chainsaw. I worked uh, digging ditches. I worked on farms and ranches. Uh, I slept in, lived in my car. I say I slept in my car in the winter and slept next to it in the summer um, and just made out. And then finally, I uh, found that I couldn't get a, a laboring job, but I could get a job in sales, knocking on doors, selling stuff. And that changed my life forever. Oh. I still, to this day, I think it's so wonderful to be able to sell something. Yeah. Did you find that you were a natural in the sales environment? No, I was not a natural in sales, but I find that if you work really hard at it, you will trip over the techniques and methods that work. And I'll give you a, a sort of a funny story. I was uh, joined to the YMCA. My parents joined me there so that I would go to the YMCA after school rather than coming home. I learned this later. And uh, so poor kids went to the Y, and they were trained in sports and gymnastics and swimming and things like that. It was very helpful. And then uh, the YMCA had a summer camp every year. And it was for almost anybody, but a lot for poor kids. And nobody had any money, so they came up with a plan. You could sell soap. It was four bars of soap, Rosamel Beauty Soap. You go from door to door, and it's a little box, and it said, help a boy go to Rosamel, go to summer camp, buy a box of Rosamel Beauty Soap. And it was 50 cents for four bars. So you would go and knock on the door and say, hello, I'm Brian Tracy. I'm working my YMCA camp um, uh, selling Rosamel Beauty Soap. Would you like to buy a box? And I immediately began getting the same standard answer. Uh, well, we don't use that brand in our house, and we've got enough soap, and we don't need it, and thank you for calling, and uh, get back to me in a month or a year, and uh, let me think about it, and I have to talk it over with someone else. Anybody who's been in sales, and I've spoken now on sales in 83 countries, wow. and I joke, about, not about this, but I joke about what you hear when you start in selling is always the same. They, every language and every culture uses the same excuses, <laughs> not the one. So one day I called on a neighbor, a very nice woman. I still remember the, 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 the times in your life, the turning points in your life, you remember almost like a, a, a flashbulb. They go off and you can recall them again exactly as they happened. In this, in this case, 50, 60 years later. Wow. Anyway, so I called her this woman. She was a nice woman. Um, and I gave her my little spiel. And for some reason, instead of saying, would you like to buy a box? I gave, said, but... They're only for beautiful women. And she said, well, it's not for me because I can't afford it. And she said, what What did you say? I said, they're only for beautiful women. Soap, only for beautiful women. She said, well, that wouldn't be for me. I mean, how, how much is it anyway? And she bought a box. <laughs> well, the next house I knocked on the door, I said the same thing. And pretty soon I started to be charming. I said, they're only for beautiful uh, women. If it was a man, I'd say they're only for beautiful for handsome men. And if it was a husband and wife, a couple came to the door, I would look at her and I would say, they're only for beautiful women. Then I look at him and smile. <laughs> <laughs> and he recognized that he had just bought some soap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I started to break every record in the country selling soap. I sold 2,000 boxes of soap. My first year, I sold enough to pay half my way to YMCA camp. And my parents were able to scrape up the balance. I still don't know how they got it. 
The second year, I, using this technique, I sold not only my own way to YMCA camp, but that of about 12 other kids. My third year, I sold my own way and 20 other kids. They didn't give you any uh, money for selling more boxes, but they credit it to other kids who didn't sell as many. And so I was basically my tail uh, drag. I was bringing 10, 20 other kids to wow. school. And uh, so I always knew that if you could present your product or service properly, you could sell it. And over the years, I had to go back into sales and back into sales, and I would fail and fail and fail. And I finally found, I would always find a way, a way of presenting the product or service so that it was so attractive to the clients that they would buy it. And so in every sales force over the years, I went to the top. But it takes about six to 12 months of hard, hard work. And there's no nothing that replaces the laws of probability, which means the more people you call on, the more likely it is you'll make a sale. And the more likely it is you'll learn how to be effective in the sale. And you'll find when I began to study self-made millionaires in my 30s, because uh, I realized I always wanted to be a millionaire, but I had never studied them. And 85% of self-made millionaires, when they were asked, how did you become a millionaire with all the competition? They said, 85% said hard work. He said, it's not a miracle. I wasn't smarter. I didn't get good grades. I didn't come from a wealthy family, but I was willing to work harder than anyone else. And that was my basic personality anyway, work harder than anyone else. And I have never found an exception to that worldwide in every language and culture. Successful people work harder than the average person and very hard. The, the, the average successful person works six days a week, uh, 59 hours, in the beginning of their career, sometimes it's seven days a week and 80 hours. But the average is 59 hours, six days a week. And I was listening to an interview of a very successful Hollywood uh, empresario. And the interviewer was saying, well, what do you do on the weekends? Uh, with your spare time. And he said, pause. He said, I don't know any successful people who work, don't work, work less than six days a week. Everybody works six... I mean, on the weekends, you, you work. That's what successful people, they work, they work long nights as well. And so many people, unfortunately, never were told that. Mm -hmm. that if you want to be successful, because everybody wants to be successful, so the, so the competition is fierce. Everybody wants to be successful. And nobody's better than you, and nobody's smarter than you. You have exactly the same abilities, just like you can drive a car, you can be successful. You can drive a car, you can become wealthy. These people who are wealthy are people who just worked harder than the average person and worked harder for a long time. Mm. So one of the things I've observed about you is you have so many areas of discipline, you know, in the area of psychology of selling, the psychology of, of achievement, you know, presenting on stage, time management. You really have so many different wheelhouses. And I guess it can all be culminated in saying it's almost like you're the master of success. So I'm curious to know from you, like people come to you because they want to become more successful, whether yes. it be in sales or in marketing or you know, in their own business. But what does success mean to you? Well, there's, there's a, there are many factors that I've discovered over the years. Uh, one of the most important factors is that, that if you are successful, you perceive yourself as a helper. I tell my sales audiences, and I've spoken to more than 2 million salespeople in audiences uh, from in gusts from a thousand to twenty five thousand, and what I say is, see yourself as a helper. That your job is not to sell a product or services, but to help this person uh, improve 
the quality of their life or work in some way with your product. So you focus on how you can help and then explain how your product or service is designed for that or not. And one of the things you can say is, look, let me please explain to me your situation here and I will tell you what my product or service does and you can tell me if there's a fit. And if there is, then we'll find a way to make it work. And if there's not, then there's not. And so there's never any pressure. So please answer me this question. And, and all good human relations is based on questions. You ask really good questions of yourself and of other people. Uh, and you teach people to ask good questions. I, I, I remember reading a, a study, and it was a company called the Purchasing Managers Association of America. And I worked for the Puma, and I worked as a speaker for them. And these are the uh, salespeople, top salespeople that call on companies uh, that are $100 million or larger. Uh, and they have sections in their company, fully staffed, and all they do is buy stuff for the company. They buy desks and they buy computers and they buy uh, stationery and they buy uh, everything for the company. So if anybody in the company needs something, they fill out a purchase order and it goes down to the purchasing department. As a salesperson, if you're selling to products that companies can use, that's where you go. So every year they ask them, uh, what do you like most about salespeople? What do you like least about salespeople? And this is printed in their annual uh, report. And every year it's the same thing. What do we like most about salespeople? We love salespeople who learn about our situation and try to help us in every way with their products or services. What do you like least? It's the salespeople that sit in front of us and talk, 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 trying to sell our product or service without even knowing or understanding what it is that we need in our company. It's the same and it never changes. So therefore you can double your sales if you're in sales or if you're in business of any kind. You can double them almost overnight, which I've proven over and over again by asking questions and listening. If you want to pick up girls in a bar, ask questions uh, and listen. If you want to uh, form a relationship with another person, ask questions and listen and really listen Mm. and pay attention. And it's the most wonderful way to understand the other person and then look for ways to help them, look for ways to do something for them. You know, talk about uh, success. Networking is one of the most important things in success. Uh, fully 85%, the statistics comes out over and over again, of your success will come from somebody who helped you, who opened a door or made a call for you. I just had an incredible experience with a very important person to me in Germany who has a serious medical problem. And Barbara... Uh, knows uh, doctors and specialists in, uh, in in San Diego. And so we called one of them and said, Look, we have a friend in Germany that has this problem and, and so on. And he said, well, I happen to know one of the top authorities, because he's one of the top in the U.S., one of the top authorities in uh, Germany. I'll put the two of you together and he, he can help her directly. And they did. And she did. And he did. And it was just, you, know, you almost want to cry because one phone call, one email, can open a door that can bring about sometimes a miracle. My whole life has been changed by meeting people. Uh, I wrote a book called um, uh, Create Your Own Future, and it's, 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 it was going to be called The Luck Factor, but another author wrote a book with the same title. And I wrote a book after doing years of research on the law of probabilities is what is luck? Well, luck is not something that comes out of the sky. It's a matter of probabilities. If you do certain things in a certain way over and over again, you're more likely to be lucky, to have a a happy coincidence, 
uh, than if you don't. So therefore, if you want to be successful at sales, as I wanted to be, I read everything I could find on selling. I listened to every audio program. I practiced and practiced and practiced. And no coincidence, surprise, surprise, I was lucky. I started to make more and more sales. And I got into real estate development. I got into manufacturing, distribution, um, all kinds of things. I just buried myself in research. Uh, and one of the books that uh, I read on luck, it was called The Luck Factor, and had been written 20 or 30 years before, said that m much of luck in life comes from a chance meeting with a stranger. He said it's the, you, you, you chat with somebody um, on a bus or at a dinner party or somebody comes into your office or you go into their office and you're chatting and a piece of information pops up and your life is never the same. That is the last piece in the jigsaw puzzle that completed your perception of what you needed to be successful. It's just most amazing thing. Mm. So, so, so success, it, it comes not by luck, but it comes by hard work and by trying certain things over and over again until you actually do the right thing in the right way at the right time. Mm. And the more, if you're really successful, work harder. You've heard the old saying, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Mm. And the great problem today is that 80% of people try to do the very least amount of work for the amount that they are paid. The most successful people try to do the very most and more besides. They think about you, it's interesting, we have taught so many companies, I've taught more than 5 million people and more than 10,000 companies over the years, including 1,000 Fortune 500 companies. And we talk about um, uh, people who work for companies, we talk about the clock test. And the clock test is there's, there's clocks on the walls of business organizations. And so when you look at the clock, what do you think? What pops into your mind? Well, people who are successful look at the clock and they believe that every day is a race against that clock. How much can they get done before they can't work anymore, before they have to go home, before the day is over, they start, start turning off the lights. And so that clock is an enemy and they race against the enemy. They want to do lots of stuff and they'll come in earlier and they'll work at lunch times and they'll stay later and they'll come in on the weekends because they want to cover more ground. Well, 80% of people have a different attitude toward the clock. The clock is the enemy as well, but the clock tells you when you have to start, mm. when you have to stop goofing around, when you have to finally get to work, and then when you can stop for coffee. And then when you have to start up again, and when you stop for lunch, and when you have to, when you can start up again. And so you're always looking upon the clock as your enemy that makes you work. And so you find successful people see the clock differently. They say teach CCD time as an opportunity to contribute more value. Mm. Those are the greatest words, contribute value. Mm. Um, and uh, unsuccessful people see uh, the clock as uh, the indicator of when they can stop working. Wow, that's profound. That is really interesting. Yeah. One of the things I've, I've uh, I want to ask you a question that I've never heard anyone ask you before. Um, one of the things that I've learned about you the more I get to know you is you're a tough son of a gun. Like you've been through a lot, you know, not just with your own personal health, uh, with, you know, you, you beat throat cancer, you've had a number of, you know, hip replacements, you got an infection that almost took you out, you're out for like seven months, but you beat it. You know, I've since discovered that, you know, you're a competitive uh, um, uh, karate car. Yeah, karate. Was, uh, you're competitive in karate for like 10 years. And so the more I get to know you, the more I realize, wow, this guy's actually underneath the suit and the beautiful tie. There's, a, there's, a, there's quite a tough guy under there, a real gentleman at that, but a real tough guy. You've got real grit. You've got real resilience. Is this something you consciously developed as a part of it? Or was it like you consciously applied yourself to become stronger 
and more resilient? Or is this something that naturally happened as of the evolution of Brian Tracy? Well, you call this show that we're on doing right now unstoppable. Yes. Well, it's interesting you should say that because uh, many years ago, I was going out with a, uh, a woman, very nice woman, and she said questions. She said, what would you consider to be your best quality? And I had never been asked that question before, and I thought about it. And the answer I gave, I said, I think my best quality is that I am unstoppable. Wow. Is that I will not quit. Mm. I will not quit. And I began to share this story with my audiences, large audiences. And I would say the most important quality you can have is to be unstoppable, is to make a decision in advance that you will never give up. Now, you don't make a decision when you have the setback or the disappointment, when you're down and so on. You make it in advance. So what you do is instead of falling down and laying there, you bounce. And uh, my friend Charlie Jones used to say, it's not how far you fall, but how often you, or how you, how high you bounce that counts. Mm. It's how high you bounce. And so I would say, now, we're talk to, talking to my audience, you know my style, I love to go back and forth. I would say, now, how do you become, thousand people, how do you become unstoppable? I say, what you do is you program yourself by affirmations. You talk to yourself and you say things that you want to believe about yourself. You want them to be true. And so you say to yourself, I am unstoppable. So say it. I want you to hear you say it. Say, I am unstoppable. And everybody says, I am unstoppable. I said, no, 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 no. Stop sucking your thumb. Say it like you mean it. I am unstoppable. I am unstoppable. Say it. And the whole audience says, no, I want to hear it louder. And they say it louder. And the whole audience cheers themselves. They're unstoppable. And people walk away going, shaking their hands. I said, that's the key decision. You make a decision in advance that you will never give up. And that's what I've taught my children. Uh, each of my children is unstoppable. They just never give up. It's just not in their genetic structure to quit. And if you are listening to this and you want to become an unstoppable person, and, and, and millionaires and billionaires I've worked with have all said that there's a direct relationship between how persistent you are in the face of adversity and how likely you are to be successful, how unstoppable you are. If you want to become unstoppable, whenever you feel any kind of a disappointment, you just say, wait a minute, I'm unstoppable. I never quit. I, I never quit. And so pretty soon it's programmed in. Write it down. I am unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. Like your teacher used to make you write it down 50 times. I am unstoppable. And what <laughs> happens is it locks in to your subconscious mind and you are pre-prepared so that when you have the inevitable disappointments and setbacks, you just, you just bounce back. Resilience. You just, you're unstoppable. And you, and, and pretty soon you have it for life. Mm. It's interesting because, um, it was maybe 10 years ago, I, uh, I looked for opportunities to use that exact same affirmation, but on a daily basis that would be stimulated as a result of my environment. And so I think it's been for about 10 or 12 years now, maybe even slightly more, which is how the podcast got its name. Like I'm renowned whenever someone says, how are you? My response is, I am unstoppable. Thank you. Wonderful. How are you? Good. And it's a great way to just do exactly what you're talking about. Just reinforce it over and over and over. Yes. But I'm sure there's been times where you wanted to quit. Of course. You know, whether it be on the challenges with your health or, or challenges in business. What, is, what, are the, what are the things that you say to yourself outside of I am stoppable or what are the things that you think about or focus on that really help you push through in those times where perhaps others would quit? Well, that is, it is, that is a great sweeping question. Uh, everyone wants to be successful and you become successful by solving problems for other people. The bigger the problem or the more often 
you solve it for more people, the more successful you will be, the more money you will earn, the more they will give you, the happier you'll be, and so on. But uh, you also uh, succeed by solving problems for yourself. So when you have a setback or adversity, what you do is you say, oh, what can I do now? What's my next step? How can I solve this? What can I do more of or less of? What do I need to start doing or stop doing? And it never occurs to you that you're just going to quit. That, that, that is off the table. Yeah. The only thing that's on the table is how do we deal with this? And so you become intensely solution-oriented. And I've taught complete half-day and full-day courses on learning how to solve problems and make decisions. And I've written books on it and audio programs and so on. Because what we do in life from beginning to end is we solve problems. Is if you were to look at your business card, you can take off any title that's there and just write problem solver. Because all of your life, from dawn till dusk, you will be solving problems. Little problems, you run out of toothpaste at home, big problems, your client cancels an order, and so on. All of your life, from dawn to dusk, you solve problems and make decisions. And the better you get at it, so it becomes almost such like an automatic response. It gets to the point where people start to come to you. Mm. And they say, look, I've got this problem, and you, you just seem to solve problems so well. What can we do? So you ask questions. What exactly is the problem? How did it occur? When did it occur? Where did it occur? Who does it affect? What are the uh, various solutions that we can consider? And, and so on. And I teach these all the time. So people, instead of responding to a problem with anger or disappointment, they respond constructively. They say, wait a minute. Whatever it is, I can solve it. I just have to find a way to solve it. And pretty soon they become automatic. They breathe in, they breathe out, they solve the problem. Mm. And it, it never enters their mind that um, they can do it. It's just a matter of time. Many solutions don't work. Sometimes you will have solutions that don't work at all um, and uh, that are very expensive or maybe even fatal. Uh, and those things you can't do much about. But ba basically, most things you can solve. You, as I said earlier, you're like the, the chef of the Michelin star chef of the personal development industry. And I think the one thing that's consistent with people who seek out personal development is problems. They have a problem and they want of to course. solve it. Every human being... All of life is the solving of problems. Mm. So what's your, your recipe? What's the, the, the Godfather's Michelin star recipe for solving problems? Well, we, we shared some ideas today. Uh, I am a, a fanatic on goal setting. Uh, uh, every person I've ever worked with who has uh, gotten into the habit of writing their goals down has become successful. And when you set a goal, then you, have, you just say basically between me and the goal, just obstacles. And what are the obstacles? And we talked today about why aren't I already at my goal? And your first goal uh, when you're younger is to earn a lot of money. Because if you earn a lot of money, uh, it gives you freedom. It means you can do all the things that you want to do. You can have a car and socialize and travel and everything else. So you want to make a lot of money. And I say to my, my friends when I speak to them, I say, look, in life you have a certain amount of time to be here and you can either have a lot of money or a little money. And I would suggest to you, if you have a choice, choose a lot. And the only thing between you and a lot is problems, obstacles, difficulties. So we said today, you ask, why aren't I already earning the amount of money that I want to earn? And what of all the things that are holding me back, what is the one factor that sets the speed? So when I do a sales seminar, for example, I'll say the one factor that sets the speed is the number of prospects that you talk to. If you talk to more people, you will find more qualified people and more of those people will buy from you. And they'll get better, you'll get better and better and more and more confident. And then you'll talk to more and more people and make more and more sales. And your whole life will go on to an upward spiral. 
Very simple. And if you don't, you won't. So the one thing that's holding you back, sometimes people say, well, I talk to a lot of people, but I'm still not making a lot of sales. Well, and this happened to me when I was 25, is I didn't know how to close a sale. I just began to stumble and mumble. And so I started to buy every book and article I could find on closing the sale. I began to practice and practice and practice. And my ability to sell increased my income 10 times in one year. Mm. Because I could close the sale. And then I began teaching other people to close the sale. And when I ran out of money and the economy went down the hill in 1981 and so on, uh, I saw people were holding seminars. And so I put together a seminar called The Art of Closing the Sale. And I advertised it in the newspapers uh, and as an evening seminar in a hotel uh, ballroom. And 100 people came out and paid me $75 to uh, learn how to close the sale because they all had the same problem as well. And pretty soon companies were hiring me and pretty soon companies were asking me to tell, teach more about sales. And these people were making more money. And so I began to develop and design other seminars and so on. So I found in 19, uh, 2001, most of the companies that were in serious trouble were in trouble because their uh, founders, their owners, uh, didn't, really, didn't really understand basic principles of business, marketing and sales and, and, and staff and hiring the right people. And uh, they didn't, so I put together seminars on those subjects. And many of my uh, students uh, went on to become wealthy. And uh, as you've mentioned before, uh, I have three good friends uh, who became billionaires as a result, and they'll quite, quite tell you quite clearly, they told me, and they told lots of people, is before I met Brian, um, basically they were nobody's from nowhere, and they changed their whole attitude, set down goals, made plans, uh, and started to work on them, and today they're billionaires, billionaires. One is the fourth richest man in Canada, a second is the one of the uh, richest uh, oligarchs in uh, Russia, and uh, a third is trying to think where it was, one of the, um, uh, well, one of the uh, MLM uh, experts in the uh, United States, where they just uh, applied some of the principles we're talking to here and became better and better at the, what they were doing. So they got the same results, but faster and faster mm. and made more and more money. And then they held on to the money. They invested the money. They uh, taught other people to become successful. And uh, their income just went up and up and up. As we say, you know, the first million is the hardest. Mm. And the second million is inevitable. So, so it takes you an enormous amount of work. You, an average, of course, and the average is about seven years to get your first million, mm. maybe 10. That's after you have made a decision that, by gum, I am going to work my behind off to earn my first million dollars because you have to become a totally different human being, mm. mentally, physically, psychologically, confidence, uh, skills, knowledge, determination, uh, uh, courage, uh, willingness to take chances. You have to become a totally different person before you can earn a million dollars. But after that, you've got it all. You've got all the, it's like cooking a dish in the uh, kitchen. Uh, you finally prepare a beautiful dish. Well, now you've got all the ingredients. You just do it again and do it again. Mm. Who have you been most influenced by in your life? I've been asked that question many times, and I don't have an answer for it, because I have read 6,000 books wow. and maybe 100,000 uh, articles uh, written by uh, people, and so it would have to be in a particular uh, situation. You could say sales, but I've read every book, every top book written by salespeople. The first one almost always has the greatest effect on you mm. because it opens your eyes up to 
so many things you never knew before. And after that, they, it compounds on itself. But time management, for example, is I'm the, one of the world's, maybe the world's most, foremost authority on time management. I, uh, my books are the best selling on time management in the world in 46 languages. Wow. As we talked about earlier. And, um, and goal setting, it's the same thing. It's speed reading. I realized that learning how to read quickly was important to me. So I did a full court press. I brought in one of the world's foremost experts to, uh, do, uh, uh, super learning programs. Uh, including uh, rapidly speeding up your ability to learn a subject. And then I wrote a program called um, um, Advanced uh, Learning Systems. And it was 10 or 12 different uh, approaches to rapid learning. Mm -hmm. Languages, uh, names, uh, people, uh, numbers, uh, and so on. And everybody who took the course was just astonished at how good their memory became uh, in, in, one, in one trial. And so uh, then I moved on. So every... Every subject I studied was a subject I was really interested in myself. Mm. I was selfish. I wanted to learn the subject because I believed it would help me. And as soon as it helped me, I helped I wanted to teach, it. teach. I wanted to teach it. Mm. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Uh, again, it's impossible to answer the question. What's the best piece of advice that you could give? And again, I, I don't ask this question lightly, and it does sound like a cliche question, but you really have been around the best of the best in this industry. And in many respects, you've, you've fathered many of the best of the best. Yes. You know, anyone who's anyone in today's, in the world of personal development, at some stage they've, they've been, you know, they've been under your wing in some way, shape or form. And so, you know, I even said yesterday at dinner, I felt like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting at the, um, uh, and I know this sounds a little bit, and I, and I don't want to just come across the wrong way, but I, but I feel like I'm, I'm sitting at the altar with one of the, with one of the gods uh, of our time where I get the opportunity to really just sit there and soak up in your wisdom. And so what I'm curious to know is you get so many people asking you for advice. Yes. And there are so many different areas that you could provide advice. But if you were going to provide one piece of advice that you think would be able to affect and impact you know, people in a range of different scenarios well, and situations. It would be the, the big three, uh, the golden triangle uh, for me, mm -hmm. what, I, what I call the uh, turning points in my life. And the first is to accept responsibility for your life. All negativity in your life, all failure and frustration, all negative emotions comes from your failure to accept responsibility. Mm. And if you look at our political problems and our welfare and our problems everywhere in the world today, you'll find that at the heart there's people that will not accept responsibility. They blame someone or something else for their problems. And if you do that, you have to first of all realize that it's not true. You are responsible for your own life. Nobody put a gun to your head and made you do or not do anything. And uh, accept responsibility, don't blame other people. And I teach my audiences in my two-day seminar to chant, I am responsible, I am responsible, I am responsible. And have absolutely no grudges, no blame, no anger toward anyone or anything else. Because what that does is it just consumes you, eats you alive. So you'll find that it's so many people, they're all they think about is other people who have hurt them or done them dirty or need to be punished and so on. And you've heard me talk about you never think about other people in negative terms because it hurts you. It's like punching yourself in the face with yeah. your own fist. <laughs> and the second turning point for me was learning how to write down your goals. If you are not writing down goals, then you are earning a fraction of what you can earn. If you want to increase your income by 10 times, write down your goals and make a plan to achieve the goals and then work on the plan every day. Accept responsibility, 
set your goals and work on them every day. And then number three, which is the magic, is dedicate your whole life to continuous learning. Mm-hmm. As Peter Drucker uh, said, leaders uh, are learners, is they uh, learn all the time. Now, when I began teaching, there were about one or two billionaires in the world. Today, there's about 2,500 billionaires. And they're now starting to do some really intense uh, interviews of billionaires to ask them about their lifestyle. Number one is every billionaire has worked very, very hard. 87% are self-made. They started with nothing and became billionaires in the course of their working lifetime. And you just think of the ones that are the most famous, whether it's Bill Gates or Warren um, Buffett or... Um, Richard Branson. Uh, Richard Branson, all these people. They are starting off with nothing. And um, uh, what they say is that they study a, an average of 60 to 120 minutes a day. Mm. Warren Buffett reads 500 pages a day. Wow. He organizes his life, he works two or three hours, and he reads the rest of the time. And uh, they, were asked, they asked uh, Buffett this question, he, and the question is, why are you so successful? And he says, it's because of my secret. And my secret is I just say no to everything that is not moving me toward my one or two most important goals. Mm. I just say no. I don't do anything else that is not moving me toward my goals. And if a person watching this would decide exactly what they want, and pick a simple goal, like to double your income within the next 6 to 12 months. That's a good goal, eminently achievable. You're surrounded by people who have done it already in the last 12 months and who are going to do it in the next 6 to 12 months. So make a decision to be one of them, all right? Then make a plan to achieve it. Why aren't you already uh, earning twice as much? And pretty soon, if you ask the question, the answer will pop up. And then just start doing what you need to do every single day. And then read, learn, listen, upgrade your skills. Because you can learn anything you need to learn. And the more you learn, the more you can learn. Mm. And I studied this subject exhaustively. Your brain is unbelievable. Uh, If you don't use it, you lose it. Like a muscle, the muscle Mm. will atrophy. If you don't challenge your brain by learning stuff that forces you to think about it. So I uh, find that you need to uh, underline. You need to write and underline because all learning takes place in the space between the line. So if you just read, they tell you you can read 50,000 words a minute, you can, but you can't remember a single word of it. So you read a line and you say, that's a good line, and you underline it and read and underline and read and underline. And then if you really want to be successful, go back and take out the underlinings and put them into a separate journal and review the journal. It takes six exposures to a piece of information, according to the research, mm. to uh, memorize it permanently, to actually lock it into your subconscious mind so it works automatically. But once it works automatically, you hear me talk about all these different things, it's because I've reviewed and reviewed and reviewed and reviewed these ideas and taught them and taught them and taught them. Mm. And sometimes I say the, the person who benefits the most from these ideas is me. <laughs> because I use them all the time. And, uh, and my clients, my friends, like, you, like yourself. Uh, so I get a great joy of learning and I get a great joy of teaching it. Like when I watch you speak, it's almost like, it's effortless. Like it really just comes from you through you. You don't even you don't even break a sweat. Um, but I am curious, and this is my last question. I appreciate your time dearly. Um, you've touched so many people. You know, everyone from you know Anthony Robbins all the way down that has come through. Um, Tom Hopkins is another one that you've you know you've, you've had impacts on so many people. And in my mind, I've got a bit of an idea of the legacy that you're leaving behind. You know, you've left a legacy with Tony, you've left a legacy with me, you've left a legacy with these people today. 
But I'm curious to know from, from you, like what would be the greatest legacy that you believe that you could leave behind? Well, uh, it's interesting. I was talking to one of your clients from, um, this lives just outside of Brisbane, between Brisbane and um, Gold Coast. And we were talking about that area. It's a beautiful area. Many years ago, I was in Australia for a week or two weeks, and I had about three or day, three, three days uh, open. And so I went for a long walk on the beach at uh, Gold Coast, which is one of the greatest, greatest walks in the world. And I asked that question of myself. And my answer is, I want my children, when they grow up, and my children were young at that time, when they meet someone who knew me, I want them to say, I knew your father. He was a great man. He was a good friend. He's a great man. That's, and that has been my primary organizing principle all my life, is I want my kids to be proud of me. And uh, so far, we're doing okay. Yeah, you're doing great, <laughs> mate. You, you're killing it. Um, and for those people who'd like to find out more about you, um, you're, you're killing on Instagram. Yeah. You're killing it on Facebook. You're killing it on YouTube. You really are you know, demonstrating to the rest of the world. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can still really do well in the social environment. And we'll put some links below. But Brian, I just want to take this as an opportunity to say thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for the impact that you've had on my life. Um, you certainly changed the trajectory of my life. Uh, I came out of it, and I, I think I may have mentioned this to you yesterday. Yours was the very first book that I read after coming out of my first business that failed quite spectacularly. I came out, I was 23 years of age. I was uh, almost $200,000 in debt. Um, and yeah, I was in a bit of a quagmire. I know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, and I read the, I read the psychology. Well, the only thing that changes is the number of zeros. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I read the psychology of sales and, you know, it was interesting because I remember I was reading that book at the time and I, I actually got invited and things were so rough that I actually went to, I don't know if you've ever had this in the US, I went to a timeshare seminar huh? just so I could get a free meal. Yes. And I remember the guy who's pitching me and who's pitching this $25,000, you know, this, this, this timeshare program. Yeah. And at the end I said, look, mate, I don't have any money, but I really am grateful for, you know, for, for the effort you put in. I want to say thank you in some way. And so I actually gave him the copy of the book, The Psychology of Selling, that um, really had a profound impact on me. And yeah, look, uh, he was incredibly grateful and I have no idea you know, whether he read that book or not. But what I do know is the, is the impression that that left on me and it's had a huge impact on me and I'm very grateful for our time. And yeah, please do not stop and please continue to do what you do for as long as you can because you really have made an incredible difference. In Let's this. leave our friends with one thing. Please. Uh, on my website, briandracy.com, uh, we offer a free goal setting system uh, and because I'm so passionate about goals. And so just go and download it and fill it out and it will get you into the swing of writing down your goals. And it can change your life. Mm. It changed, has changed the life of hundreds of thousands, even millions of people. And it's free. So just go there, download it, fill it out, and the rest of your life could be different. <laughs> we'll put a link on the website. Brian, thank you so much for your time. Great pleasure. Thank you, Kirby. Thank you, mate. Oh, wow. This episode was brought to you by Nail It and Scale It, the world's leading fast growth program for business. Guys, thanks for tuning in to Unstoppable with me, your host, Kerwin Ray. And please do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you get to see all of these interviews in the flesh. Share this podcast with your friends and drop me a review on iTunes. I would love to hear what you guys think and also let you know your comments help make sure that we keep producing killer content just like this. And if you'd like to stay up to date with all of my movements, upcoming podcasts, events, and much more, please jump onto the website, kerwinray.com, and also check us out on all social media on the handle at Kerwin Ray. Thanks for joining us.